This is Plant-Based Briefing. Is deer hunting necessary for population control? By Emily Moran Barwick at bitesizevegan.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast, where I research and get permission to narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan topics in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is from Emily Moran Barwick. She founded Bite Size Vegan to provide non-vegans with information and to provide teaching tools to current vegans. She believes in the power of an informed public, that everyone deserves to know the truth about what they're putting in their body, about what they're feeding their children, about how what they eat impacts the planet, and they certainly deserve to know what they are paying others to do to animals in their name. She provides this information in bite-sized videos, and some are created especially for children. Her website is an amazing resource. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Is deer hunting necessary for population control? From Emily Moran Barwick at bitesizevegan.org. One of the most cited justifications for hunting is that it's necessary for managing out-of-control deer populations. When you go even just below the surface of this hunting myth, it's painfully evident that deer hunting itself is responsible for overpopulation issues. The overpopulation of deer in suburban areas can become a particularly dangerous situation when it comes to car accidents. The most commonly proposed solution to this problem is hunting deer to thin out the population. But is hunting really an effective method of controlling deer populations? Without hunting, would we be completely overrun by a new mutant breed of deer overlords? Let's find out. This video post is going to be the first in a series addressing common myths about hunting. With the deer hunting season upon us, at least here in North America, I thought it would be appropriate to start with the so often cited argument that hunting deer is necessary to keep their population in check. First off, something important to note is that when speaking about out of control deer populations, State wildlife management agencies will rarely use the term overpopulated, opting instead for overabundant. To understand this carefully calculated word choice, let's take a closer look at the terminology. Overpopulation means a population that has exceeded its biological carrying capacity, which by definition is the maximum number of individuals of a species that can exist in a habitat indefinitely without threatening other species in that habitat. This is determined by limiting factors such as available food, water, shelter, and prey-to-predator ratios. When a species exceeds its biological carrying capacity, it is officially overpopulated. In contrast, overabundant, the term hunting advocates use for deer populations, means nothing. It's not a scientific term and it has no fixed definition. It's simply a way to make it sound like we're going to be overrun by deer any minute now. Has it happened yet? In reality, if deer did overpopulate a given area, this incredibly powerful force called nature would step in to regulate. Trust me, this nature thing's been handling things like this for a while now. The problem of overpopulation arises only when humans interfere with nature. This is the most perverse element of the we-need-hunters-to-control-the-deer-population argument. Deer populations become excessive because of hunting. The proposed solution is the source of the problem. So just how does hunting increase deer populations? There are two main ways. The first is orchestrated by state wildlife management agencies, and the second is a direct effect of hunting practices. 
Wildlife agencies like State Department of Natural Resources here in the U.S. make some or all of their money from selling hunting licenses. Many of their mission statements explicitly state their responsibility to provide hunting opportunities. One of the ways they can increase these opportunities and thus increase hunting license revenue is by clear-cutting forested areas to create habitat ideal for deer. The Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries, for example, recommends clearing multiple areas, each one to three acres in size, a practice which not only significantly boosts deer populations, but is also environmentally damaging. Ned Cavaney, a Department of Natural Resources state forester in Michigan, stated in the Northwoods Call newspaper, quote, We manipulate forest habitat to produce amazingly unnatural deer numbers, up to two million of the critters some years. That probably approaches two million more than existed before man got into the act, unquote. You'd think a Department of Natural Resources would be concerned with preserving and protecting natural resources, right? What a preposterous thing to think. Well, to these agencies, deer are seen as a resource, not as animals deserving protection and definitely not as sentient beings. They are financial resources to be exploited for the sole purpose of being killed for a sport at a profit. Even the terminology used equates these sentient creatures with plants and views them as pure statistics. The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources states in their annual report, quote, we rank first in the country for the highest single-year deer harvest on record and are number one for deer harvest over the past decade. All of us work hard to keep it that way, unquote. Vegan activist Gary Urofsky, in his own article on hunting, states, quote, Everyone must understand that wildlife management is an illusory concept created around a hundred years ago. There is no such thing as wildlife management. Humans cannot manage nature. The only managing humans should be doing is managing to stay out of the animal's space, unquote. Now moving on to the second source of artificially overabundant deer populations, the practices of hunters themselves. Conventional deer hunting is all about killing mature male deer or bucks with large antlers, leaving the female deers or does alone. A single buck can breed with multiple does, so while hunting reduces the number of male deer, it does not reduce the number of offspring. This sex-biased hunting skews the natural one-to-one -one ratio of male and female deer to as high as one to eight, meaning one male for every eight females. Let's say that an area has 500 deer, and each doe produces an average of 1.4 fawns, as 67% of mature does have twins. In a natural 1 to 1 ratio, this would yield 350 new fawns. Now, take that same 500 deer herd at the hunting-induced 1 to 8 ratio, and you now have 622 new fawns, almost 300 more than the 1 to 1 herd produced. Simply put, hunting creates more deer. I'd be remiss if I didn't reiterate what I said in my video post, what would happen if the world went vegan tomorrow? Creating an artificially high population of deer and then stepping in to say you have to hunt to control this out-of-control deer population is like farting in a room all day and then saying, thank God I'm here to open a window, otherwise we'd be overtaken by the smell. In both cases, if humans hadn't stunk it up in the first place, there'd be no problem to resolve. You just listened to Is Deer Hunting Necessary for Population Control? From Emily Moran Barwick at BitesizeVegan.org, and I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And as always, I put a link to the original post in the show notes, and there are some interesting comments on her post. 
if you want to follow that link and check them out. There were some good points made. For example, hunters' preferences for removing dominant males from local ecosystems results in a declining gene pool. And it's exactly the opposite from hunting practices of actual predatory species. Most of the true predators take out the sick and the young and the slowest. There were also points made about population control, and if hunters and state management agencies were serious about population control, hunting season would be in midwinter with pregnant does as the preferred target, and then a secondary season in the early spring or summer where fawns are the target. So lots of considerations with these bizarre arguments that hunters are doing everyone a favor. And one commenter was confused about the part of the selective harvesting of bucks resulting in more deer being born. So I looked into it a bit more, looked at the sources that Emily cites. She cites all her sources in her posts. When winter arrives and food supplies in much of the country become scarce, every year a certain percentage of deer will die off. It's nature's way of weeding out the weaker animals and maintaining a sustainable population. And if a herd enters the winter die-off with a male-female ratio of 1 to 1, it typically emerges that way. So the same is true if they enter with a ratio of 1 to 8. They come out with so many more females than males, and those females give birth and it just continues to grow. So maintaining a natural male to female deer ratio is critical to maintaining a healthy deer population. And if people want to keep deer off their lawns and out of their streets, they can landscape with plants that deer don't like and design suburban developments with more trees and less lawns. And there are also contraceptive solutions that are an option as well if humans really do need to interfere. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit and thanks for listening.